Hey everybody, and welcome to the podcast of Nonsensical Gamers. This is Boardcast News for February 18th. My name is Matt, and I am joined by my co-host and wingmate, Tiffany B. I like wing lady. See, I was going to say wing lady, but I didn't want it to be gender biased. Oh no, I like it that way. Oh, all um, right. My wing lady, hi. Tiffany B. Hello. <laughs> All right, everyone, in case you forgot who we are, since our recording schedule is spotty at best, uh, you can find us on the internet at places like Facebook by searching for the League of Nonsensical Gamers. You can always shoot us an email at podcast at nonsensicalgamers.com. You can join us over on BGG Guild number 2077 or go to guild.nonsensicalgamers.com to join the conversation there. Or you can find us on places like Twitter and Instagram. We do a lot of stuff there. So, to address the uh, the monotone elephant in the room, where's Dan? That's <laughs> oh, the question. No. Uh, Dan is actually doing some good things today. He is at the New York Toy Fair, which is awesome. Did you know that, Tiff? Oh, oh I know it. I've been following <laughs> his Twitter feed and crying. Yeah, he is seeing lots of things. For 24 hours. Um, there, I don't even know. Maybe this is this is the news, so maybe it's appropriate to talk about some of those things. This is impromptu. There's things like Legendary uh, Encounter Firefly that he saw. Uh, there's going to be a Deadpool thing, a deck building game yeah. from Upper Deck. Uh, he saw lots of new Funko Pop, which just made my day. Uh, did you know, Tiff, that there is going to be a Versus System Alien expansion? That's exciting. Isn't it? I woke I up to alien. that news and I told that to Kel and she was not excited enough. Anyway, <laughs> if you want to see more about Dan's... Uh, trip to the new york toy fair go over to twitter he is essentially live tweeting i i don't know how he's seeing anything because he's taking so many pictures and so many tweets uh so i guess he's just living through his phone so we are here though doing other things less exciting and we're going to deliver you some news so let's jump right into that how do you feel about agricola tiff i I have come around on Agricola, yeah. strangely. Like, I when I first started playing it, I pretty much hated it and didn't want to feed people and whatnot. And then I play Caverna, and then I learned that I actually like Agricola better than Caverna. So I don't know. I might want to buy Agricola at some point in my life. Well, that was going to be my next question. Do you own Agricola? I do not. Okay, then you are in luck because they are remaking it with all kinds of new fun stuff. Essentially, what has happened is Agricola has been in existence way too long. So they are dumbing it down and streamlining it to the yes. best of the best Agricola experience. Essentially, what they're doing is they're going to try to break Agricola down into its essential components, reduce the price tag to make it more appealing, and then make a whole new family version. Uh, so this is a full, you know, kind of reconsideration and recondensing of the Agricola experience. What that looks like is they're breaking both versions down, the family version and the regular version, to one to four players. Uh, they're going to have Uwe Rosenberg handpick his favorite cards from all of the expansions, get rid of the multiple decks, and just keep it really simple, really compact. You have what you need to play, and all those cards are good, so no more of these dead cards floating around that nobody wants. Um, they're also... The reason why they're bringing it down to four players is to reduce the price, less wood in the box, less stuff to deal with, um, less to print. And then as they move forward, um, there's going to be the family edition, like I said, that's going to keep things a lot easier. Um, and then there'll be 
releasing the expansion for five to six players if you want to beef your game up. And then they're also going to release the expansion pack. If you already own Agricola, you can buy the card pack for the new version. None of the components are going to change. They're just changing the cards. So that's the Agricola changes in a nutshell. Essentially, Agricola is currently too convoluted. Let's make it less convoluted. I love that. Yeah. And I'm going to buy that. Yeah. Yeah. Still 60 bucks though, but I guess that's fair for a heavyweight Euro game. I think so. Uh, moving forward, other news stories. Zev is gone from Z-Man Games. He, uh, he's over at WizKids now, heading up their board game, their expanded board game operation. So WizKids obviously does Dice Masters, does uh, their Heroclix minis, all kinds of crazy, you know, Marvel and DC kind of stuff. But uh, they also, they do some board games, and they're not always great. They're not always bad. You know, they're kind of in between, so-so. But uh, Zev, who, you know, kind of single-handedly made Z-Man Games what it is, is now on board with them and hopefully can do some cool things to the board game department because WizKids has a lot of cool, like, pop culture licenses that I think would be neat to transform into good board games. Next up is, it's probably good that Dan's not here. Because we're talking about Dead of Winter. <laughs> Tiff, do you like I'm Dead sure of Winter? They... I can't even remember. <laughs> I go back and forth on it. I've played it a couple of times now, so um, yeah. I, th- I think I think it's fine. I <laughs> I would play it again, and I would play it with uh, an expansion if yeah. they had one. Well, you don't need to play it with the expansion because this expansion is standalone, Tiff. Is it? it oh, is. come on. Uh, I'm sure it can be integrated. But it yeah. is not, it's not an attachment. This is called Dead of Winter, The Long Night. And it is a fully standalone version of the Crossroads game system, Dead of Winter, which took the world by storm last year, two years ago. Man, how long has it been? Uh, this is going to introduce some new and interesting things. Um, they already kind of solidified to the best of anyone's board gaming ability the, uh, the trader mechanic. I mean, they're doing it really well in Dead of Winter if you like that kind of game. Um, But here they're going to add in customizability to the colony. You're going to have a new event deck. You're going to have more cards for the existing decks. And then all the um, locations are going to be double-sided. And that's going to interact with the game where at certain times locations are going to flip uh, for whatever reason. And then there's a whole new zombie type called the Frostwalkers. So really embodying the... uh, the dead of winter part, along with some new things like despair and some bandits and some raiders. So it's it sounds very different, even though it's a space system of dead of winter. More ways to die. Exactly. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> Was dead of winter not punishing enough for you? Here's the new one where you can die a million other ways. And there's white walkers. I mean, frost walkers. Frost walkers. Yeah. Okay, whatever. Do you have to use dragon glass to <laughs> yeah, kill them? That's where I was going. <laughs> Let's go there. You find this okay. mysterious glass. Um, they do. <laughs> they introduce a seventh location, which is the, I think it's the Raxon Pharmaceutical Lab, which is actually what created the Dead of Winter plague kind of thing. So there could be some interesting stuff with objectives. I don't know, maybe having to like go to the lab and find a cure or something like that. I don't know. Either way, if you like Dead of Winter, this sounds awesome. Although it is a full-priced standalone game so you'd have two dead of winners on your shelf if you don't like dead of winner i don't know that this is going to change your mind so hmm. i don't think dan will be in line for this one how about you are you in line for this one i will play this for sure but ben owns mm. dead of winner and he's gung-ho about dead of winner so i might just let him 
let him go yeah. for it because I'm only ever going to play it with him anyway. So I gotcha. Yeah. I mean, I guess okay. there are enough people out there that would want two Dead of Winters. Yeah, right? I, I mean, I hope they mix and match so that you can kind of create the, the modular experience that you want. And I guess this gives right. people who don't have it an option to get something different. You know, if you've got, if Ben has it in our game group, you know, I could get this and have a whole new game. So Yeah, okay. I don't know. There's that. a place for that it. That makes sense. What I want is that I want them to make the new Crossroads game. That's, That's what, I, what I was thinking. Yeah. What is the next one? I don't remember if they... I don't remember the vote. It might have been Lost in Space. Yeah, it was either Lost in Space or the Samurai one. I think it was Lost in Space, because that's ringing a bell, and that makes me excited. I'm re-excited. Okay, we're (laughs) reinvigorated. So, something that will get you less excited. Pretzel Games is creating a user... Nope, not a user. They're creating a market-friendly version of Flick'em Up, which is great... For people who don't want to spend $70, $75 on an all-wood dexterity game about cowboys shooting each other. So this one's all plastic. But that's yeah. the problem, is that this one is all plastic, Tiff. Yeah, I don't know. I think, I don't know. Will I be able to enjoy it if it's all plasticky? It's kind of the perfect situation for my board game club, to be honest. Because well, I do not yeah. want to put my flick em up in front of them. Yeah. Even though I know they would love it, it's mine. And it's And it would get all sticky. And they'll, it'll get so sticky. <laughs> Ugh, middle yeah. schoolers. Wash your hands. Yeah. I think there's a place for this. There, there definitely is. I mean, people are calling for it. It's just a shame that the wood components that are so nice are so expensive because people can't fully enjoy it. I would wonder about the functionality of plastic pieces, you know, because plastic dexterity isn't something you see a lot. Yeah, they must have tested some things. I wonder how chunky the plastic will be if it'll have that same heft to it like wood does. Yeah. Like what kind of plastics they're using to make it happen. So In my mind, be... I have this weird vision of like thin wiffle ball bat like uh you know cowboys that are like super light yeah that's not what i was picturing i i don't know how do you how do you do like super chunky plastic and still only have it be 35 bucks i don't know you're right it's probably wiffle ball you're right (laughs) well we'll see how it goes uh they also pretzel games announced their new game called junk art and junk art is pretzel games is all about high quality kind of uh, attractive more well-made dexterity games and junk art fits into that line and this is a stacking game you give your opponents cards and they have to choose what they're going to place into their stack um it, it sounds a little bit like bandu or bowsack uh, where you're trying to you know put your opponents into difficult situations with the dexterity stacking kind of thing which is what makes that awesome I'm exactly. excited about this. So yeah, it's, it sounds like a good time. You know, I, I think that Pretzel Games is going to be, you know, for the people on this podcast, I think it's going to be a good company to look to, especially because we like kind of silly dexterity stuff, but we also like quality, you know? <laughs> <laughs> All right, something else strange going on. Z-Man Games is doing fun stuff with a new game called Caravan, which is from Emerson Matsuchi, who designed Volt and... Uh, Specter Ops, which is probably where people know him from. He's a great guy. And what they're doing is creating two entirely different versions of the same game, though they have the same gameplay. So think Pandemic box covers, think Abyss box covers, except extend the changes to the components themselves and the artwork and the setting. Two totally different games. So Caravan will be 
Spice Road, or Crystal Gollum. And those are the two different editions. Is is this gone? Has this gone too far, Tiff? With this uh, collectible variant cover kind of weird so board game thing. These two games are happening in two different universes. Is that what's happening here? I believe they're just going to look different. So it's the same universe, just different parts of it. I'm not 100% but sure. But same gameplay. Same gameplay either way. Just totally different art. So either the gameplay and the, the story is compatible with both of these or they've changed the theme completely. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I think changing the theme almost works because there will there'll be people. It's like Legendary, right? Yeah. Like yeah. I would never buy Marvel Legendary. Not in a million years. That game, I hate it. But the Alien version, yeah, that's like my jam. So two two different themes totally works. If it's just like the same theme but different artwork, I don't know if that works. But then again, you might have super fans wanting both of them. I don't know. That would be crazy. We have, I mean, collectors do stuff like that. Are there people out there who own multiple copies of Abyss? Who own all five? No, but that's just a box cover. We're talking about the the same game with different components. That's true. Or, you know, a whole different look on the table when you're playing it might be enough to push someone yeah. over the edge, depending on the price. I like the idea of providing players with a choice almost. You know, it's like this game. This is almost like Dan's kind of thing, a guy who likes gameplay, who looks at mechanics first. Now you have your choice of color you know it's like customizable <laughs> thing it's like okay this game is fun either way let's get the theme that i want or let's get the the artwork that i want I right i kind of like that yeah but i wonder like how much money did it cost for them to print two versions of the same game will they recoup their costs because essentially you're splitting how much you know what i mean if they had just put out one version of the game and everybody was excited about Caravan. Everybody yeah. would have bought that one version. Now it's splitting between two, and it's cost them more money to print two different versions, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so this will be out at Spiel 16. So we don't know a lot about it. Um, but I agree that they're taking a risk on, I guess, hoping that this game will be big enough to justify two print runs that are technically separate. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, and here's the thing. There is literally no information on BoardGameGeek about this, except for that it has two graphical formats. Yeah. That's it. That's the only info. I mean, I trust Emerson <laughs> as a designer. I think that he makes good games and fun games, but this is a sure. big leap to say, hey, hope this game is good enough. You know, if Z-Man's running like a 3,000 or 5,000 game print run, I don't. I, either they cut those in half and they do smaller of each or they do two full. I don't know. You know. Yeah. Well, it's interesting anyway. I yeah, can't wait yeah. to see how it plays out. Yeah, I want to see the artwork. Yeah. Pick I mean, the box out. covers look cool. I'm I'm attracted to that Spice Road yeah. edition. That looks good. We'll see how it goes. We'll keep everyone updated. Uh, two last pieces. One, FFG announced Android mainframe, and I have to throw an FFG news story in here somewhere. Uh, Android, it's a four-player. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> Four-player game set in the Android universe where um, everyone is trying to hack in and steal stuff from a megacorp, you know, the theme that you know, and you are each have asymmetric powers and you're competing with each other. But it looks a little abstract where you're laying boundaries on a board that has like inlays. So imagine like a um, chessboard or, you know, a grid board that has inlays in between the spaces. You're laying 
um, tokens in between there and you're trying to hack in. It sounds cool to me. I don't know. Oh, it's abstract and cyberpunk. Yes. Okay, so another news. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like they made it for you, though. So they, that's I just, good. My favorite theme and my favorite style of game. Uh, Forbidden Desert, Baseball Highlights 2045, Soro, and Puzzle Strike are all available on iOS, Tiff. How you feeling? I picked up Puzzle Strike. Of all those, that is not the one I thought you'd get. <laughs> <laughs> it was recommended to me, so I haven't yeah. played it yet because it took a long time. My, I don't know. I was having some internet problems the night yeah. that I tried to download it. But uh, yeah, I picked that up and I probably will maybe get Forbidden Desert. Yeah, yeah. Baseball highlights. I don't know. Someone said on uh, Twitter that maybe it wasn't so. Baseball great. highlights currently only supports pass and play and the solo mode, not one player versus an AI opponent, just the solo oh. mode. So I think that they're working on like the online uh, competitive, but it's not there. So you're paying money I and you're you. only getting pass and play, basically, unless you play the solo mode, which. I don't know. I gotcha. Yeah. Well, I mean, once they get the other stuff going, I would buy that. But right yeah. now I have the board game, so I I don't need to pass and play it. I have it. It's on the yeah. table. You, you play it, then I play it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know how board games work. Uh, That's how board games work, folks. Yeah. Done. So let me, Mike know, let me know how Puzzle Strike goes, because I just traded mine away. I liked the game, but it just wasn't getting played. Um, well, and that's what happened to me too. I got rid of my actual copy of yeah. it, and and I'm like, well, I liked it well enough that if it's on my phone, it won't be the end of the world. Yeah, my issue is that I don't have a device that I I have an iPhone 4s. I don't have a phone or a device that's good enough to run these iOS games. So mine's a 5s, but that's pretty. Good. I'm loading it. I'm loading it right now. It looks pretty. Yeah, I wonder if they have like animations. Let's find out. Let's just put this whole thing yeah. on pause, Live and on I'll find out. Uh, we'll be back once Tiff's done playing a game of Puzzle Strike. I'm not going to play this now, but it doesn't gonna say, seem like Tiff's that's lost. a thing. Uh, <laughs> we will talk more about Serling Games in a little bit, so we can bring it back up then. Uh, yes. And that's that's the news. There's a lot going on, Tiff. Yeah, But it's been a while. We have been kind of yeah, off of the news speed. Mm, yeah, yeah. We're back in it. Don't worry. <laughs> else is happening a lot kickstarter there's a lot of lot going on in kickstarter and yeah that makes us sad and our wallet sad and no matter how many times we say we're gonna give up on kickstarter then new fun things come out and we spend money on it and we wait yeah it's happened let's, to me again <laughs> let's jump into it because i want to know what you backed tiff mysteriously told me that she backed some projects and i don't know which ones they are uh so let's check them out our first kickstarter that we're going to chat about is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shadows of the Past board game. Tiff fell asleep. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, should we take bets right now on whether or not I back this one? So Dan backed this one. He grabbed an early bird slot because he loves TMNT and he's so close to giving up on it. He really <laughs> is. This game yeah. is crushing it at $474,000 at the time of this recording. Um, it will be ending on February 25th. And it's from IDW Games. And this is a minis and dice combat game set in the, I believe it's the comic book TMNT world. 
specifically. It looks like it. Um, it's definitely got a comic book style, but I don't know which kind of canon they're pulling from. Uh, because these days, TMNT, the turtles are fighting with Batman a lot. So I don't know <laughs> what's going on. Um, so lots of different pledge levels, as you can imagine. It looks like 90 bucks is going to be your base game. And what you get is a whole lot of minis and a whole lot of tiles. Think Arcadia Quest. Think Zombie Side. Think every other minis game that you've ever seen on Kickstarter. It's all about upgrading the plastic and getting more stuff. The issue here is the same issue that we're always worried about is, is the gameplay exciting? I don't know how Dan is backing this looking just at the surface level of the page. This is a dice game. <laughs> he is really close to giving up on it. Okay. The... <laughs> The thing is, so every game tries to come up with a twist because rolling dice and moving on a map is not that exciting. The twist here is cooperation and collaborative dice usage. So you roll your dice and you allocate them essentially to the left or the right. And the person sitting on your left on your right or your right can use those dice when it's his or her turn. So this simulates the turtles working together, essentially. So that's their deal is you roll your personal dice and then you pick which ones everyone else is going to be able to use, except thematically for Raphael, who gets more dice because he's a badass, but doesn't work with anyone because he's a badass. Because <laughs> so, he's a jerk. Yeah, because he's mean and he's moody. So, yeah, I, I'm not sold on it. The only reason I bring it up is because Dan, of all people, is backing this and he's waiting and he's falling prey to the nostalgia because every time they come up with a new thing, he's like, oh, they put these out or they put these out. And I understand it completely because I felt this way about the Ghostbusters game. And then someone talked me out of that and I got a bunch of Funko Pop instead. And I think that's what Dan should do because this is Zombie Side meets Between Two Cities is what this is. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, <laughs> I think if Dan listens to this episode, he's going to immediately cancel his pledge at that description. That is not yeah. a good sell. Yeah, sorry, uh, Dan. Yeah, I don't know. I say go for it if you're into this. I can't knock it because it. I like these kinds of games, but this one, I can't justify the price. I'm still holding out on buying games, so. And there's going to be, there will be other Ninja Turtle games, yeah. and this yeah. just doesn't seem like the right one to jump on. I would love to have a Ninja Turtles game. Not this one, though. Yeah. Um, if they unlock Bebop and Rocksteady, Dan will not cancel his pledge. He has openly said about a thousand times that if they open Bebop, Bebop and Rocksteady that he can't bring himself to cancel it. Aww. So somebody talk him out of this. Go to the <laughs> guild and we'll start a talk Dan out of TMNT thread. Actually, I'm going to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Moving forward, let's talk about another game that's huge on Kickstarter. Three quarters of a million dollars ending on March 11th. How do we feel about the end of Sentinels of the Multiverse, Tiff? Thank God. I mean, a lot of people love Sentinels, and it really does seem like the kind of thing I should be into, because it's, like, cooperative, and the artwork's really good, and I don't know, I just kind of fell out of love with it at some point. Now I have all this stuff, and no one wants it. Yeah, yeah. And now no one's going to want it even more, because they can just hop on here and get everything. Yeah, so the pledge levels are varied. Um, this is Sentinels of the Multiverse Oblivion is the final expansion and it's basically apocalypse in the Marvel universe has come down and is blowing up the world, blowing up the universe and you're there to stop it. They've done some cool things where they are changing all the artwork on the original cards, giving everyone alt art and giving everyone new powers. 
um, and you can buy like a full every hero pack. They are reintroducing some of the villains as heroes because in the storyline, basically, they've given up their villainy ways and they're all joining together. So there are some new versions of playable villains, which is kind of cool. Then they're doing all kinds of special stuff because this is supposed to be the end of this game. There will be no more Sentinels of the Multiverse. So they're doing a cool collector's box that holds everything ever made. They're doing alt foil packs. They're doing cool new expansion cards. And they're doing some art prints. So you can get all kinds of fun stuff in this. If you love Sentinels of the Multiverse, this is a must-have. If you think you'll love Sentinels of the Multiverse, you can drop 400 bucks to get everything that's ever been made. And uh, I... I feel about this game the way Dan feels about TMNT is like I'm just drawn to this world. I love the mm. art. I love the style. I love the comic book deal. I think they've done a great job with it. But I know I don't play this game. So why do I have it on reminder, Tiff? Look at the box is all you have to say here. I really want this box, even though I've been trying to get rid of Sentinels for a while. I'm like, maybe this box is enough for me to just keep it around because that's part of my problem is everything is just stuffed into this box and it's heavy and stupid. And if I had a sweet collector's box, maybe I'd like it more and I'd play it more. Mm. Well, see, and I'm of the mindset that if I'm going to back this, I'm almost going to treat it like baseball cards or something where I'm going to store it in this box and I'm going to love pulling them out and looking at them every now and then, but I just might never play it. I just, I feel very collector-y about Sentinels of the Multiverse as opposed to player This is your Cthulhu Wars. That's okay. Yeah. I don't, ah, man, I love card games so much, Tiff. Okay, let's move on to another project. I can't do it. (laughs) I need to think about it. Let's talk about something. You're going to do it. (laughs) Let's talk about something awesome. Let's talk about Fog of Love, romantic comedy as a board game. This will be ending on April 3rd, and it is about a fifth of the way funding as at the time of this recording, but it's got plenty of time. This is a two-player game about making a relationship work. Sound familiar, Tiff? There's a game <laughs> called And Then We Held Hands. Right. No, not, not making the relationship work, Tiff. That wasn't what I was oh, pointing to. I'm always trying. Jeez. <laughs> this is a strategy a board game in the vein of something like And Then We Held Hands. You know, it's looking at the human side of of board games, of, of themes, and about relationships and trying to make it work. Now, this one is a little bit sillier, though, and it's not as abstract, I don't think, although it's kind of abstract. So what you have to look for is 40 bucks to get the game, 39 and what you get is, one, a really good-looking game. Can we talk about that really quick? Blues and purples yeah. and this airy kind of foggy... I, I like the graphic design. I think it looks really good. It looks iPhone-ish iPhone-ish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like time stories, really sleek, really clean. Clean, yeah. Yeah. The gameplay, basically you develop a character personality. So you're not playing as yourself. You're playing as this kind of created character and you have some goals and you're working to form a relationship with the person across the table from you and you're trying to balance the relationship to make sure that you don't break up. You're trying to share and compromise Um, And then there's also this narrative kind of like story. It's not storytelling, but it's it kind of tells about you and your the development of your relationship. So I think that it's cool in a very looking at it from a unique sense. I think that it's neat. Yeah, I think this is definitely a you game. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I I didn't mean to put so much stank on that. That sounded like you game. No, I just mean 
It's two players. And it's about like relationships and stuff. This is this does seem very me to some extent. Yeah. But this could, you know, not that I have I don't know how your marriage is going Tiff, but this could this could be great. <laughs> this could fortify it or this could repair it or um <laughs> marriage is fine, but husband hates the board games. Yeah. Folks. Doesn't yeah, sound like the tough. marriage is fine to me then, Tiff. <laughs> yeah so i i think this is interesting i i keep going back and forth on two-player games because there'll be periods of time where i'm only playing two-player games because i can't find anyone to play with me or i never play two-player games so they're just kind of in this weird no man's land i'm not sure if i should ever buy them or always buy them but this does look interesting and very different from anything else i wonder like, what kind of people are going out to get this? Like, people that like quirky theme, for sure, yeah. right? I think that's got to be the main people. I don't know that anybody, until, like, board game therapy is created, which maybe I just found my million-dollar niche, I don't <laughs> know that, you know, people are going like, oh, yeah, I could use a game to help me repair my relationship. Well, you know what? Judging by these pictures down here on the Kickstarter page, I think that's what this is for. If you if your spouse is a casual gamer and you are a serious gamer, you can just put that together and create a relationship together. It says that this game was incepted for that exact purpose. Yeah. It has to be played between a gamer and a non-gamer. Whatever that if you're sitting down and playing a game, aren't you? No. Okay. Yeah. What I want to know is in the casual game picture tiff is the non-gamer the woman or the man? Um, well, they both have nerdy glasses, so there's no way to know. You can't tell just by looking. I think that's false advertising. They're both gamers. The guy has a beard. The guy has a beard. (laughs) Okay? We know now. Okay, so we know who the gamer is. Uh, I like that the serious gamer, they brought, like, the smiles down a notch. So, like, casual gamers, like, super happy teeth showing, like, yeah, party. And then serious gamers kind of like half smile. We're in a board game library. It's serious. They're both wearing glasses and suits. There's less lighting. It's darker. Yeah, the lighting got darker. Casual versus gamer. The guy with the beard looks like a serious gamer and the girl's all smiley. and Right. He's just... he's wearing all black. So that's how yeah. you know he's serious. Okay. <laughs> now that we've dissected that. That is Fog of Love. I think it sounds cool. I'm pressing the remind me button. And we'll chat about it a little bit later. So, Tiff, you own the first two games in the North Sea collection. Are you backing Explorers of the North Sea, which will end on February 24th? Yeah, I am. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) This is what I just, one day I was like, I'm just going to check out what's going on on Kickstarter. It's been months. I don't need any games, but I'm just going to look. And then I saw this and I was like, damn it. I already have the first two and I'm collectory in my, I just can't help it. I, I, I backed it. I traded away my shipwrights to the North Sea because I just didn't like the gameplay. I would really like to get Raiders because I hear Raiders is good. And this one is um, kind of like like a Red Raven game where they have like these different variations on the same kind of game within their library. This is the third and final of this trilogy of games, which all revolve around you know the North Sea and this Viking setting. So the first game was a card game about building ships. The second game was um, about, like, gathering resources and things like that, I believe. You know, kind of raiding around. And this one is Explorers, where it's a tile-laying game and kind of map-building, where you're delivering your resources and your people across the sea, I guess. So, in general, the gameplay itself, I think, looks fun. It, It looks kind of basic, where 
you've got ships and you've got tiles and you're kind of building the map as you go and you're delivering and raiding and things like that. Uh, what I think is really cool, other than the fact that they have ships where you can fit your meeples in, because that's always the best, they have yeah. an expansion. Now tell me, Tiff, are you getting the uh, Rune Saga expansion? Did which... you have to ask? I Well, yeah. So they have an expansion that basically builds across the three games. So you play these three games in a row or together, and they do different things for each game. It's You know, they've linked them all together with this expansion, which I think is cool. Yeah, I really find that to be very cool. And so I'm, I'm backing all of it. One of the reasons that it's been really no problem to back these games is how on time they deliver and how quick yeah. their turnaround seems to be. I just have no problem doing this. And if the game is good, great. I really love the artwork and that they have this kind of Viking world created and you can play these three different games in the same world. And I don't know how often I'm going to be able to do like the whole deal, but yeah. uh, I want to try it. Yeah, I think even just trying it once is cool. I mean, all the games stand alone, so it's not a big loss, but yeah, right. just to give it a whirl one time, I think that'd be cool. It's not that pricey. You might think it's pricey because it's in like New Zealand bucks, whatever those are. Yeah, which uh, are like so, half a dollar. So it's 56, so which that's cool. not too I mean, bad for a standalone game. And then you can get the other ones too, so you can buy the full package. Just because the other Kickstarters are done doesn't mean they're unavailable, which... I may actually jump in on this and get Raiders and Explorers. I didn't like Shipwrights, and I, I'm not willing to buy it just to try the expansion uh, that links them all together. But I've heard good things about Raiders, and I think that Explorers looks cool. So I might jump in on it. Um, you can also grab a copy of Dan's favorite game, Far Space Foundry, if you would like to add that on. Uh, but yeah, so I think that this is a cool project. And like Tiff said, I, they've been nothing but good on their delivery and you know, kind of fair in their Kickstarter process. So I think this is a good company to trust and they're EU friendly and things like that. So if you're into the gameplay, I don't see any reason not to back the game. Yeah. All right, let's do quick, quick mentions, Tiff. Got a couple different right. things. Walk on Fire from Green Couch Games is out. We have, we have a preview on nonsensicalgamers.com. Check it out. Tiff, give your spiel on Walk on Fire because I feel that our preview is a bit unbalanced. <laughs> I mean, it, to be fair, I only played it like once or twice at Origins last year, and I just remember flipping cards around and trying to collect things, but I remember really having fun and wanting a copy of it. At that point, it was like Eric Martins from the Tokyo Game Fair. No yeah. one was ever going to get to play this, and I was like, who's going to publish this? And Jason Kotarski just so happened to be in that game I was playing, so uh, he must have gotten his hands on it, and when yep. I saw it was on Kickstarter, I was very excited about it. It's a fun filler, dexterity yes. filler. And, and it I fits think, great into his line. Yeah, it does. And I know that my board game club kids are going to love something like this. Is it something you should play five times in a row? Probably not. As I so learned. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, essentially what it is is to unfairly compare it, it is Dexterity Sushi Go. I mean, I don't want to use another game to talk about this game, but you flip cards using cards like in this walk. And then you draft them and you score points for sets and things like that. So very simple, plays pretty quick. The project will be ending on March 6th and you can get a copy of the game for 15 bucks. 
So everything makes sense. It looks cute. It's got Adam McIver graphic design uh, and art by the original designer. We found that it lost some of its luster after multiple plays with games of adults, you know? Tiff for the board game club. I think it's wonderful. That's just a silly expectation. Like, I'm going to take five serious gamers, sit them down at a table, and make them play this light filler 20 times in a row, and let's see who likes it when they're done. Like, that's not how this game gets played, guys. Yeah, so listen to Tiff more so than me, I guess. But Don't, just ignore that review. 15 (laughs) bucks is all for it. 15 bucks, it's, it's a steal. And support Jason, because we love Jason, for sure. So it's a perfect fit for his line. So go check that out. That's Walk on Fire. Tiff, are you backing the Vinos Deluxe Edition? No. No? You're not a Vital Lacerda fan? I'm not. His games have a really steep learning curve, and I've found that I have trouble with that, and they're long, and there are aspects of them that seem really interesting to me, but every time I've seen anyone playing one of them, no one looks happy. So... So games I, uh, like uh, he did the Gallerist, he did Kanban, he did CO2, is that right? Yeah, yeah. People yeah. enjoy his games, but when they are playing them, they look mired. That's because their brain is actively melting. Yeah, I'm not into that brain yeah. melting business. Well, for those who are, the deluxe di- edition of Vinos, which is uh, Vital Lacerda's winemaking game, is up on Kickstarter from Eagle Griffin, and it is ending on February 24th. It's crushed its goal. So the game should be coming. Basically, this is an update of the old version. This is a, I'll say, heavy Euro game about making wine in all in all aspects of wine making. And the game is going to run you sixty bucks, which is twenty bucks cheaper than the regular one. But you don't get stretch goals. If you jump up to the eighty buck, you get the stretch goals. And basically, what they've done is they've tightened the gameplay, changed the board a little bit, changed the art. I don't, I've never played it. I know that Dan is interested in backing this one. Uh, Smee has played this a couple times. They enjoy the game. I think there were some concerns about the changes in the artwork and the board. Um, I can't speak to them per se, but, you know, they were like, oh, why did they do this or why did they do that? I think the goal was to tighten the game up a little bit. Um, so we'll see how that plays out, but I think it looks interesting. I would play it. I like wine. I know nothing about it, but I like it. I would drink uh, wine so. and watch you play it. Yeah, there we go. Uh, so that is Vinos. So check that out. We got a couple more quick mentions. We have Evolution: The Climb and Expansion, which is a standalone board game. So I don't know why it's also an expansion. Uh, this will be ending on March 23rd. And if you've ever wanted to know how your evolution creations would fare in the cold climate or the warm climate or whatever, this is the expansion. This introduces weather and climate to the game, and you can either buy it as an add-on for your regular game, or you can buy it as a standalone, and it comes with all the pieces you need. I like Evolution. I still haven't played Flight, though, so I don't know if I'm going to backclimb it because I should really play the games I have. Here's how I feel about this one. I don't I don't think I'm going to back it, but I do want it. And I don't even care if I play it because the artwork on these games is so beautiful. And just getting it out of the box and looking at it would make me happy. That's true. But you it's could so just good. get Sentinels of the Multiverse instead. You can get that. <laughs> now, if yes, only no. Evolution had a sweet box come on guys yeah because their box is not gonna fit climate yeah it it barely fits flight so they need a collector's edition box that's real sweet and then my day i would back this in a heartbeat don't back this one because they're gonna come out with it and then you're gonna own everything already it's gonna be a big (laughs) box so 
climate looks cool. I do agree the artwork is stunning. You know, the gameplay sounds, they're doing new things, which I like. They really do innovate the gameplay from game to game, but uh, the artwork is great, and that's kind of what I see when I look at the page. Uh, one that I want to mention, because I own the original game, there's another Strife game, which is a two-player game from V3G. This will be ending on February 23rd. Uh, it's already met its goal. This is a two-player game. Uh, it's a card game where you're trying to combo, and there's some interaction between the card you play. It's uh, like a um, simultaneous reveal. And then you also have cards in your discard pile, and cards in your discard pile get a new ability when while they're there. And I really liked how that worked where you're trying to combo between the card you play and the card you just played before, because they, they change their power once they're discarded. Um, this one's set in a steampunk setting as opposed to a fantasy setting, so if you're into steampunk, that might be something to check out. 15 bucks, and the production quality and the delivery was great on the first project, so I highly recommend checking that out. And our final one that we're going to talk about is Sterling Games. Codex is a trading card or customizable card game that is drawn from real-time strategy video games. Uh, this will be ending on March 3rd, and there's a whole bunch of different pledge levels. Serlin, uh, the way that he does his games is everything's usually at cost, but you can mix and match things pretty easily. So it's very user-friendly. You kind of get what you want to get. And basically what this is, is a it's a card game where you're just kind of, it's not smash up, but it, it feels like Epic to me. If you've played Epic or heard about Epic, uh, the, the recent game that came out, where you're kind of mashing a bunch of different cards together. Um, you don't really have straightforward decks. There's a lot of customizing and things like that. Um, but you have all your cards available to you. It's There's a whole lot going on. And I'm not describing it well, but it's one to check out if you like customizable card games. I'm always up in the air on new card games, but I love them so much, so I don't know. Tiff is like, I think she fell asleep. Huh? Yeah, she, yeah no. She cares Sherlin not for card games. games. <laughs> so, check it out. It's called Codex, and uh, if you're looking for a non-collectible card game, it might be one to check out if you like two-player games. So, we made it through that. Tiff, you weren't here last, uh, last news, where I decided that I'm going to add some league news in there. I'm going to tell okay. everyone what we're doing on the site. But what I want you to do is tell everyone about your Blender episode 25, because that is up. Oh, yeah. This week, or last week, we talk about two-player games. I talk about Phantom of the Opera. Oh, I thought I was hoping you would say it in French. Oh, I can't say things in French. We need yeah. Dan for that? No, not even <laughs> Dan. I don't know. We need help with that. So it's a good two-player game, and there are a lot of other two-player games so if you're looking for something check out board game blender yeah i watched the whole episode and i found that the diversity in perspectives is nice on on that show you know i i did i wasn't a big fan of it when i first started watching it but this latest episode i thought had a lot higher production quality which is good i think people are starting to get their stuff together and yeah. uh the the difference in conversation was nice it wasn't just like here's phantom of the opera here's Targi, here's this and that. It was really, you know, they were looking at different aspects of these two-player games, so I thought it was cool. So go check out Tiff. She's becoming famous slowly while we <laughs> hold Hardly. her back. Um, over on the site, what we are working hard on, we have our review of Sigil Up, which is an awesome, you know, kind of indie card game, something to check out. We have our uh, previews of Ghostel and Villages of Valeria. Those are both Kickstarter games that we did not quick mention, but you can go check out the site to see reviews of those. 
We have a league highlight, which is something that we're doing to just get to know our league members a little bit better. So Steve was up first. So if you ever wanted to know uh, what's up with Steve and learn more about him, you can go over there. We'll probably do one for Tiff at some point and she can talk about how she loves awful games. I don't know. Uh, and Thanks. we have our what we've been playing blog. So if you're ever wondering what we've been playing in the times when you're not listening to the podcast, all of that is over there. We play a lot of different games that don't always get mentioned on the cast. So you can read about them in quick snippets. Uh, so that's what's going on with the league. And we made it through a very lengthy news episode. Yeah. Yay. So, Woohoo. I'm excited. Uh, that's we thank me being you all for excited. listening. You need to play some Fog of Love, Tiff. You need to get your... (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, We thank you all for listening. We appreciate it, Uh, as always. If you ever want to reach out to us, you know the spiel. You can find us on Facebook at the League of Nonsensical Gamers. Shoot us an email at podcast at nonsensicalgamers.com. Find us on the BGG Guild, number 2077, and ask for some geek gold to get a tiny Meeple Shield micro badge. Check us out on Instagram, and if you like the show, we appreciate the kind words that are left in iTunes reviews, and we enjoy the Hearts on Board Game links, because our show gets noticed, people listen to it, people tell us what they like and what they don't like, then we can do more of what you like, less of what you don't like, and make the show for you. So that is why reviews are great. Also, it makes me feel good inside, so... That's the most important part. Because nothing else in this world does. Aww. We thank you all for joining us. Uh, Be sure to tune in next week when we will have a full episode and hopefully a more detailed report about the New York Toy Fair. So, Tiff. Oh, no. I didn't do Twitter. Tiff, if they want to talk to you, where can they find you? I am at IneptGamer. If you want to chat with us on the League, you can find us at League Nonsense or talk to Dan at Scandalous underscore Nad if you want to get personal which sounds so uncomfortable to say you can chat with me at cinnamon bun spelled phonetically now we can say goodbye goodbye this is a shit show tiff what no this is great bye (laughs) what do i need to say bye more okay yeah go ahead say bye a couple more times bye guys bye don't wave they can't see you okay i won't wave this time bye (laughs) i'm hitting stop Just let's talk about Agricola. Whew. Only my so favorite long. game. I'm gonna I'm gonna sum it up the best I can. Are you doing the intro first? No, I was just gonna go straight into Agricola. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so Agricola. I think that we should do that. Let's get rid of the intro and start our podcast with whatever the first thing we're gonna talk about is. We j- we just do the cold open talking about whatever they the press first play. thing is. <laughs> they press play on the podcast and it just is Dan like <laughs> Grand Austria Hotel is a game where you manage hotels. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs>